Yep, I can hear you, Crystal. Okay, yeah, I had a feeling that's what it was. So sometimes whenever I'm doing this, what they'll do is either my audio will glitch out when I go into another app, or uh, there's like a like a weird timer thing where they have to do it within like a set amount of time. Mm. So yeah, but you're you are coming in crystal. You sound perfect. Great. That's what we like to hear. All right. Hell so yeah. how does this work? I, this is my first time on your podcast. <laughs> you're running the show. You tell me what you want me to do. <laughs> well, for starters, I can go back and idiot, idiot. I can go back and edit this first bit, uh, to cut it off in case you don't want any of this included. Um, for starters, matter. do you want to remain anonymous? Because I always give that option to anybody coming into my podcast. Uh, no, no, it doesn't matter. You can introduce me. Um, All right, cool. I get to hype it. you up then. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. You awesome. So, um. Good evening or morning or perhaps night, ladies and gentlemen, gentlewoman. Uh, this is a really good friend of mine, uh, the one and only Ethan Dibble. Uh, I would say out of all my friends, he is among the top two, top three, <laughs> top, top anything. Uh, this man is incredible. He's always been there for me. I hold this man on a pedestal. He has a lot of my respect. And he is actually someone who got me interested in not only the stock market, but just marketing and entrepreneurship in general. He actually made it sound reasonable and just made it interesting to me. Or for all, maybe it's just his voice, man. Maybe you just have that uh, that YouTuber voice, you know? So, <laughs> <laughs> um, gosh, I've known Ethan for, what, seven years now? Has it been? Uh, probably. Probably pretty close, yeah. Seven years. Something something like that. And, yeah, I play games with this man. I have uh, I've cried with this man. So, other than that, Ethan, I will let you introduce yourself the way that you would want to introduce yourself. <laughs> All right. Uh, I mean, my name's Ethan, and um, Tom has invited me on this podcast to talk a little bit about stocks and my position on this whole uh kerfuffle that's going on in the market right now because uh, i'm following that pretty close but um yeah i mean i've always liked the stocks uh, i've been interested since i was like 16 but i didn't start trading heavy uh until about a year ago uh when i found uh, wall street bets and we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit about that uh later on sounds so. like a plan sounds like a plan so, yeah, for all of you, if you weren't able to get from my Instagram post or just from however I'm going to title this episode, yeah, there's there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the stock market right now. So I'm making this podcast to just help keep all of you informed, maybe give you a little bit of info, um, talk about how this all began and, you know, what some of Ethan's interests are. But I think it's just, as Ethan put it, this is, this is a pretty historical moment in history. Yeah. So... I figured we'd talk about it, and I'd, I'd want to record it. So um, before we really, really get into it, you said you got interested when you were 16. That's a, a pretty young age for anyone to even begin thinking of, of anything like that. So what what was your thought process around that age? Like, what was, what was up with that? So um, I've always been infatuated with, like, how to make money, Um even before I got my first job, I got my first job when I was 15, just turning 16. And um, when I got my first paycheck, 
uh, I could not believe the amount of freedom that money can give somebody. Right. So, I mean, I was working at an ice cream shop and I mean, it was like, well, I got paid every two weeks and it was probably a $250 check or something, nothing crazy. Uh, but to a 16 year old that just got his license and all he had to really worry about was gas and car insurance. Um, that's a lot of money. You can do a lot of things with $250. And so that sort of started my path to like financial literacy and independence and everything. And I started to realize the power of the dollar, uh, the, the value of a dollar. And um, a lot of people that make money quick uh, tend to invest in the stock market. You know, you think like really famous billionaires like Warren Buffett, Richard Branson, um, who else? Uh, there's so many. Richard Branson is my favorite billionaire, though, uh, by far. He created uh, Virgin Mobile and Virgin Airlines. You're fascinating. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for sharing with us. That actually gives a lot of good good context for where you're coming from. Um. So now that we, we've got into that, uh, you're very right. I remember being, uh, so I started working with my dad when I was actually 13, um, before I had officially like had a car or anything like that, but you know, it was, it was smaller stuff just to, you know, maybe get a game or a toy or, or something like that. But looking back, especially in my high school years, you, you're so right. It gave me so much more freedom than I, I probably took it for granted. Um, whereas now, you know, living in an apartment and being a college student in debt, it's, um, <laughs> it's a way different outlook. Um, so, so for those, I guess that may not know, since you, you've done a bit of research, everything going to the stock market right now, what is, what is happening? What is going on? Like, how did this start? So, um, in order to hit that, there has to be some like, uh, fundamentals addressed first. So that way everybody knows what we're talking about when we talk about these things. So, um, first off, uh, you have to understand where, what wall street bets is and wall street bets is a subreddit of, uh, they call themselves degenerates and they, uh, basically treat the stock market like a casino and they've been doing that. Uh, it's a huge meme, uh, subreddit. They all joke about losing all their life savings and um, making sweet tendies, which has nothing to do with chicken tenders, but has a lot to do with <laughs> tens of dollars of bills uh, because it's to joke about getting a, a modest gain on a very risky uh, position in the stock market. Gotcha, um, gotcha. So what makes this so interesting and such a pivotal point in history is that um, Retail investors are swinging the market heavy uh, with a heavy hand, just like hedge funds have been doing uh, forever, for at least a century. Um, You know, the most recent uh, thing some some of you might be able to remember is the 2008 crash when people were shorting the real estate market. Um, A lot of people lost a lot of money uh, during that. And that was because some hedge fund billionaires, millionaires, very rich people saw a trend uh, with subprime mortgages and all these other poor financial practices. 
and saw that that left the market vulnerable and they decide they decided to capitalize on that by shorting it and a short is whenever you bet against a stock saying that that stock price or whatever uh, equity industry will go down in value uh, over a set amount of time. Typically, uh, whenever you short a position, you put a put on that, uh, which is a put contract. And that just means that, you know, like I said, the stock will go down in value or whatever it is you're investing. So uh, you're essentially betting against the stock. Yeah, which, which is like... Uh, uh, we'll go with the casino analogy uh, since I mentioned that already. Essentially, like you're putting enough money down uh, as if you're putting it all on black. I mean, it's a 50-50 chance. A stock can only go up or down. Uh, it very rarely stays straight, uh, straight okay. and horizontal. So, um, yeah. So they, whenever you short something, you buy a ton of put option contracts and each contract is valued at whatever that stock is um, at that current point if you cover it uh, we'll use AMC for example and I just want to clarify before I go any further <laughs> we might need to move this to the front of the podcast this is not financial <laughs> advice I'm not giving financial advice that is actually what I was also about to say like because once I, I saw that you had a stopping point we are in no way advising you to do anything uh, don't be mindless drones. Make your own decisions. Yeah, I I just like the stocks. I just like the stocks. Yeah, so I'm I'm more than happy to share my position. It's not a very large one. I'm a college student. Um, yeah, but uh, so we'll we'll talk about put contracts and everything uh, right now. Let me pull up one. Trade AMC options. Uh, so I do hold AMC. Uh, it's a very small position considering uh, everybody else that's investing right now. Uh, I hold about 52 shares. So nothing crazy. But uh, should it go the way that I want, uh, I should I should come out ahead. And it'll be awesome to see uh, this shift in the money. But uh, we're looking at the option contracts here for AMC. I wish I could pull this up and show you guys. Excuse me. Sorry, I'm fighting COVID right now. Um, yeah, so you buy a contract at a strike price, uh, and then it gives you a break-even price. And a break-even, it needs to increase or decrease uh, a certain percentage over the contract period. Uh, and depending on that change is how much premium you can pay if you're buying the contract or selling uh, if you're selling the contract. Um, so whenever people buy a short or they start to short a market, they buy a significant amount of puts. We're talking about thousands of contracts. So a thousand times a hundred shares each contract, because that's how much a contract would, uh, warrant in volume, uh, is huge. And all these hedge fund brokers are starting to short the market right now because of the coronavirus pandemic. And they are being predatory on the market. I mean, the one that's extremely popular right now is AMC, like I said, and they had to close their doors because they don't want to cause any more infection, uh, you know, for the greater good. Their company is suffering because of it. You know, oh, boohoo, you know, they're a billion dollar company. I understand. But what's not cool is these hedge funds are being predatory and they're paying money and betting on this business literally going bankrupt. And, um, that's bad. And so Wall Street got a hold of uh, some public information. I mean, I think they used Finviz, which is a uh, free uh, stock tracker. Uh, 
I think you could be right. Also, interesting side note, just to throw out there real quick. The initial person that started, you know, I guess you could say this whole snowball effect uh, by posting on, on Reddit actually had his first interview today. Yeah, I saw that. Which I read about. It was very interesting. Yeah. Uh, what, can I curse on this? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Go ahead, dude. Yeah. So he, uh, <laughs> user deep fucking value, uh, posted his, uh, <laughs> his, uh, his positions and everything. Uh, he posts pretty much daily. He's leading this charge um, in uh, swinging the market uh, with the GameStop stock. So GME, I'm sure you guys have seen that all over Twitter and Instagram and everything, oh, yeah. pushing GME and AMC to the moon. Uh, now we're seeing a little bit of uh, traction. In- for those of you that may not be familiar with abbreviations, GME is just stock name for GameStop. Yeah, it's a stock ticker for GameStop. Sorry about that. I'm getting excited. Uh, no, no, you're good, man. I, this is another reason I brought you on. You're so passionate about this, and I'd, I'd rather have someone who's both passionate and knowledgeable than just someone who would just, you know, spew straight facts. It wouldn't, it wouldn't have the same effect. Oh, wait, did the medium come out? Sorry. Yeah. The medium did come out. I got a notification for that. Um, I just did too. Oh my gosh. I'm excited. Um, I'm a nerd. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was I saying? Um, yeah. Deep fucking value. He posted his position uh, and people started to rally behind that. And a lot of people are arguing that, Wall Street bets, the Reddit post uh, forum is sort of fluffing and manipulating the stock. And that's not true. Um, they just like the stock and everybody's just rallying behind a the position. There's no, you know, there's no illegal or illicit activity going on there. Uh, but did I explain options right uh, enough? I would say so. For okay. Me. Uh, the other thing I will say, too, for any of you that are listening, if you have any further questions or um, even just want to get a little bit more of an in-depth I just understanding of everything that we're talking about or something that didn't make sense, reach out. We have an email. Uh, you can also catch us on Instagram, and I'll be more than happy to start a conversation with all of you. So. Yeah. Do not be yeah, shy. I'm not a. I'm not an expert by any means, so I'm sure I butchered that explanation. But um, just to get the just. Like, I mean, hey man, you know more than I do. I'm. I am. <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, we can use the monkey. The the monkey explanation. The, so like, <laughs> uh, basically, we they. I'm trying to figure it out. I get overwhelmed whenever I'm trying to explain this shit because it's. It's a lot. If you need a minute to collect your thought, like collect your thoughts, I can just go on a bit of like a, a minor rant un- until then. So, or I could always, you know, segment something Explaining out. Options uh, is is extremely difficult. One because I don't fully understand them because I don't trade options. I never trade options. I only trade common stock. So because I'm scared of options uh, for this reason. Uh, even like billionaires that have been doing it forever are literally about to lose all of their money. Um, and that's the scary thing about options is there's infinite, infinite loss uh, prospect for an options position. Uh, you can v- say a stock's going to go down and then it fucking skyrockets like GameStop and AMC has done. And you can be on the hook for thousands of contracts at 100 shares a contract uh, that were originally worth, I don't know, uh, $500 a contract to now. What would they be right now? almost seventeen, eighteen hundred $1,800 a contract now. Uh, so that's triple the value, uh, which is going to eat away at their profit. I mean, they don't even have any for profit. So that's what's so scary. But what's so cool 
about this sort of shifting gears is that the like the social aspect of it. This is a huge distribution of wealth. All right. There's two hedge funds that are being attacked right now. So real real quick, before we do go any further, yeah. uh and the best way that you could describe yeah. it, uh what is a hedge fund? Or what are hedge a hedge funds? fund is a pool of money. Uh typically you have to be an accredited investor to get into. Uh, so an accredited investor is a certain amount of capital you have liquid and liquid capital is just cash on hand uh, to invest into things like hedge funds or syndicates. Uh, syndicates are most of the time mm, to buy a property. Uh, you think Grant Cardone, you think Tyler syndicates. Um, okay. Uh, because they buy big uh, commercial properties, uh, millions of dollars worth of property, right? Uh, but it's a bunch of people's money. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a whole bunch of intricacies with that. And it's, you know, I have my own opinions about that shit. Uh, a hedge fund is similar in structure in that it pulls a bunch of capital together from several accredited investors and it puts uh, investments on the market. Uh, typically, uh, a broker, there's a couple managers that work for. A huge pool of money. Uh, for example, Melvin Capital, uh, excuse me, is is like thirteen billion dollars in on their GameStop position, billion with a B, and they uh, and that's insane. Um, they they shorted the stock uh, more than its total volume, and that's where Wall Street bets came in, and uh, realized that there was a twenty percent uh, flux of uh, volume being shorted. So they bought up that 20% and held They're holding right now. And that's where you're seeing all of this, hold the line, hold the line, because if there's no volume and nobody's, uh, buying the stock, the stock price, uh, is going to go up. Stock price is going to go up, uh, because there's huge demand for it. And if nobody's selling price is going to go up. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what's going on right now. That's why you see hold the line, GameStop to the moon, all this stuff, uh, because they are fighting these hedge funds uh, and trying to make some shifts uh, of all this money. I mean, they're talking billions of dollars uh, changing hands uh, over the next couple weeks. It's looking like so. Truly, truly incredible. How long, I guess, would you say? this stock war, if it could even be called that. Uh, so, Cause I know that some people think it might die down by tomorrow. Other people say it could go for a week. Other people say it could go on for longer than uh, that. Well, everybody was speculating that would end today because today's the last trade day of the month. Uh, and if you look on the market, I mean, anybody can open this, open that up and just see, uh, that's not the case. It didn't, it didn't blow up. Uh, and you'll know, uh, because it'll get covered by the news. It'll be the largest spike, uh, we've ever seen probably uh just because all these options that that they are fighting on i mean you're talking uh 200 million dollars in buybacks in a single day probably uh which will just fucking blow that stock up uh i i everybody's saying gamestop to 1000 gamestop to 5000 i i don't know i don't know what it'll hit i don't have a crystal ball um, but to answer your question, I don't think it'll happen 
for another three months. I mean, I think that, that we're in this for the long game because hedge funds have special rules, uh, typically as a retail trader. And a retail trader is just an average Joe like me uh, trading stocks. If I had an option contract and let's say my expir- expiration date was the 29th, so that's today, at end of, end of close, mm-hmm. uh, they would call to execute that and fulfill that contract, basically. So... Uh, I either have to have 100 shares of that stock in my portfolio to sell off or I need to buy them at market price um, and then sell them off for a loss. So, um, And it, typically you have to do that within, I believe it's 48 hours. Uh, again, this isn't stock advice. I don't know for sure because uh, I don't trade stock <laughs> or it's trade uh, options. So that's hard to say. But, um, okay. So the the reason I bring up hedge funds having special rules is that they don't have a two day grace period or anything to fill that contract. They can fucking hold on forever because they're getting lended the stocks. Someone is lending them the stocks to hold, so um, they can call on it at any time. Traders can, but <clears throat> nobody knows when they're going to do that. And assuming that they have a good relationship, because they're all fucking suits. We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. So you're just the best thing to do is hold for at least for in my position. Um, so yeah, truly fascinating. Well, no, and thank you, thank you for sharing. If you don't mind, I have a couple yeah. of questions. If you don't want to answer them, that's fine. I'm not trying to put you in an uncomfortable position. Um, for any of the people that are hopping on this, just to you know, hop on the bandwagon, as opposed to people that were already invested in AMC uh, prior mm-hmm. to all of this. Is it like, what, what are your feelings towards that? Like, is there anything that you want to say uh, on that? Perform Lost your own me. due diligence. I mean, you know, establish your own research and uh, come at it with a foundation. I mean, I, I've been trading for a little over a year, so I'm no expert, but I, I think that, my best move right now because I hold a position in AMC is to continue holding, uh, not because of the money, but because of the social, uh, implications that it has, uh, it's personal now. I mean, they, they shut down brokerages and, and did not let people buy for like 24 hours, which Robinhood and other stock trading apps. Are yeah. There are class that. actions, uh, against several institutions right now. Uh, Robinhood being the most popular, of all of them right now, which is tragic, right? You know, how dare them? So they call themselves uh, Robin Hood and steal from the poor, right? It's crazy. <laughs> so. I mean, no, you're not. You're not wrong. It, another part of it too is just that there. I never, aside from you, just making it interesting for me to want to get in. Robin Hood, the app itself, really did make it easy to trade stocks it really is user friendly and it gave me a sense of security not to say that i'm you know not gonna use it after this or anything like that but that was definitely not something that i had expected um yeah they definitely did everybody dirty um they had been toying with uh, the idea of releasing an ipo uh which is what which, is an ipo yeah which is a uh, initial price uh offer uh initial public offering 
Mr. Public Offering. Uh, basically, it's like they set the price for what they would release uh, shares. They're basically going public with their company so they can trade they they can have a stock traded uh, in their company's name essentially. Um, and this is just going to fucking tank that, uh, whatever they thought they were going to put up. Um, they were sorely mistaken after a move like this. Uh, the public is upset at them. Uh, I see everywhere on discord and everything. People are just leaving, uh, completely transferring all of their, all of their stocks and everything, which I'm currently in the process of doing. Like to another, yeah, to another institution. Or... I'm, I'm just sort of absorbing two of my accounts into uh into each other so i'm switching from 100 per not 100 but like uh 75 25 uh robin hood to weeble i'm going to weeble so i was going to go to m1 finance but um they don't really have any incentives to switch so <clears throat> um well i guess like what are the pros and if you know them, the pros and cons of them going public so i didn't i actually did not realize that a lot of the current apps out there especially for mobile were private. I thought they were all the type of, of public thing. Um, like what's the incentive to going public? Uh, yeah. Like, I mean, I guess like what's, what's the drawback if, if any, and then like, what, what would when a company goes public, they're trying to raise capital for some project. Um, you know, think, think Tesla. I mean, they're the reason that they are as high as they are is because they're trying to raise capital for, you know, EV, uh, automotives like they're trying to raise capital for um, several other projects I mean a lot of money that's coming into Tesla is going to like stuff like SpaceX the boring company all these other projects uh, that chairmans are involved in you know Elon Musk and all them so it's interesting but that's that's sort of the incentive to go public uh, the drawback would be you don't always get uh, to raise money a lot of a lot of times you see uh, uh, stock initially releasing an IPO, uh, raising significantly. So let's say it's they announce, uh, you know, we'll release on this coming Monday, uh, the first for twenty dollars a share. You see all these new people trying to get in quick, and they spike the price because they're buying really fast. And then uh, all the people that were initially invested or angel investors or invested in the seed before the IPO got released. Uh, start to sell off, tanks the stock, and then that company is left with less money uh, than they originally anticipated for, uh, you know, future projects or what have you. So it's it's huge. Like, I mean, it's it's a huge move. Uh, if you have the tech to to you know back your company, you should be fine. But I mean, I'm trying to think. Like, think about GoPro. I mean, that's a that's a household name. Everybody knows what a GoPro camera is. Uh, they trade at five dollars, right? They've been steadily going down. Uh, you know, household names like Microsoft are like two hundred. You know, when I think of a household name stock, Snapchat, another huge one. Uh, they turned down a lot of buyouts, and now they—I don't know what they trade at. I can pull it up real quick, but um, yeah. Huh? No, that's—I never knew. That's wild. That's absolutely yeah, wild. Trade at fifty three bucks. Uh, let me see what they were trading at a year ago. Yeah, we were trading at like eight bucks a year ago. Yeah, March eighteenth, eight dollars. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like I'm rambling. I don't feel like I'm answering your question. Uh, no, 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 no. You, you did. You actually gave me more than I wanted, which is good. 
uh, I feel a bit more informed now as well. Um, other than that, we're actually approaching the 30-minute mark, which I, I had a feeling that's about how long this was going to go. I don't have too many other questions. Um, I just wanted to, to do for the people. The only thing I will say, too, uh, especially after, and not just talking with Ethan, but looking at, you know, some things that my girlfriend is doing, looking at my job prospects, my internship prospects, um, where I'm going to be when I'm 35 or even 65 and the way that my parents are in retirement. It's great to have a passion and it's great to go to school and pursue what you're going to do. Do it, do it, do it. Uh, and this is just from my perspective. I'm just throwing that out there. Um, but I've also come to realize that if you don't want to work for the rest of your life and then have to be very careful of whatever money you saved, it's good to find some sort of passive income, whether that is in a, like a job that you can work from home, whether it is a business, whether it's this investing, whatever it is, renting, whatever, um, having a passive income from something when you're older is beneficial. Something I wish that basically, Ethan, like, and I, I get it. Like, I also know that you have acknowledged that you are no expert, but just someone with like the passion and willingness to break everything down, especially for investing. I wish that I'd had that in high school because we did have something called accountability, but it didn't, it didn't cover anything. That I mean, I could we did really that apply. one thing with uh, like banks and like what, a, what interest is, but like it was kind of a joke. I mean, it wasn't really fun to do. It was a bunch of quizzes. I mean, it didn't really teach anybody anything. So that was kind of lame. No, and Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, if someone had just explained it differently to me when I was younger, I would have had a much, I feel like I would have had a a different outlook on money, not drastic enough to where I would have changed too much, but just drastic enough to where, you know, hey, maybe I would have saved a little bit more, something yeah. to that extent. Um, And getting into it young, like, you know, first, first and foremost, be careful because, you know, the younger you are, the easier it is to, to fuck up. But... At the same time, you know, starting when you're young, just, you know, me investing $10 a month or even just $10 a, a month for the next 20 years, starting when I'm 20, like that can still have a profound impact later on in my life when I actually have my job or my career, you know, like, or even just having a stock here and there just, just to experiment and see what happens, you know, not throwing a lot in at once is also good. At least that's, that's how I started down. I thought that helped me a lot too, just to kind of gauge certain things. So, um, but yeah, that's pretty much the, the final thing I have to say. Um, are, is there anything else that you'd want? I mean, to this was predominantly about stocks, but I, you know, I, the stocks is a small portion of, you know, what I find interesting. So like, or even just anything else you no, want no, to no, add. No, 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 I'm just trying to think. I'm, I'm just trying to think because, I mean, I don't want people to think that I'm a fucking stock chad because <laughs> I'm not. Like, I, I've just recently, <laughs> because there's, like, a lot of volatility, I'm trying to make a quick buck, which is bad. I'm gambling. Like, this is basically, basically what I'm doing is gambling. I'm not condone gambling. Um, 
No, like financial independence and literacy is super important. And it starts with asking questions. Um, you know, if you, uh, a rule of thumb that I was taught from a mentor uh, when I was doing real estate uh, was if somebody has something you want, ask them how they got it. Uh, ask questions. Uh, most times people are so excited to hear young people ask questions like that because people are so scared to ask questions. Uh, I don't know why uh, people just don't develop soft skills like they used to, I guess. I don't know. I've been heard that somewhere. I actually have a theory about that, that I will um, bring up. But yeah, I mean, you see somebody pull up to a gas station next to you and then a nice fucking BMW or something, ask him, Hey man, what do you do for a living? And he'll probably tell you, Oh, finance or something. And I'll be cool. You know, what, uh, how was school getting into just asking questions? I don't know. Uh, you know, ask questions like what a credit card is, what's a car lease, you know, what is, um, how do you start investing? What's a dividend? What are, what are these things? You know, ask questions. There are answers out there. And if you can find answers to those questions on your own, you're well on your way uh, to becoming financially independent and creating freedom for yourself uh, because that's what money does. Uh, it's only a tool uh, to establish a foundation uh you know it's not it's not a personality trait it's not uh something to hold over somebody's head it's it's a tool to make your life and the people around you's life a little bit easier um uh, because there's enough for everybody and uh that's what that whole movement was about and it's still going on and i'm participating in it and i'm happy to be participating in it so yeah, if you could take one thing away from anything I've said, I hate that I kept it at the end, but uh, you know, ask questions, ask questions. Uh, you know, why, why is this this way? How do you do this? Uh, what is this? You know, and yeah. Wow, that that was honestly, Ethan, that was beautiful. Thank you so much for for just being candid. That's I. I have really nothing to add to that. Um, <laughs> honestly, that's that was that was perfect. Uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, done one, one take. take, one take. That's my one whole. That's my whole thing for this podcast. Yeah. I'm doing it live. Yeah, one take, Andy. You yeah. want to play four honor after this? <laughs> okay. Hell yeah, dude! All right. Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. We're we're pretty much done now. I'm gonna chat with Ethan for like the next minute and a half or or something like that. Um, but yeah, wherever you are, if it's morning, I hope that you have a, a fan-fucking-tastic day. If it's afternoon, thank you for taking time to spend some time. If it's night, hopefully we either bored you to death and you were able to sleep, or uh, now your mind is buzzing with all of these new questions, and you will have some incredible lucid dreams. So with that, good night, dear listeners, and uh, we will meet again. So uh, if you're sticking around, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick Ethan's brain for a second. Um, your whole thing with, uh, the whole not asking questions thing. I've actually been, been looking at this for a while and I, I think it's actually due to the school system because as I was growing up, thankfully I was in a very caring environment mm -hmm. with caring teachers. I was never ridiculed for the questions that I asked, but I saw other children ridiculed. And when I, especially when I got to, especially in middle school, like, there were some like some teachers that would just be like, just not not even acknowledge the question. They would just either move on or be like, "Do you really have to ask?" That? Like, this yeah. is something you should already know. 
But obviously, if they're asking it, it's not something they know or another teacher didn't cover that for them. This is your moment to actually do your job, which is to teach. Yeah. So whenever I, um, and granted, people have mixed feelings about her, but I owe a great deal to, to my high school teachers. Especially oh, Miss McLaughlin. McLaughlin. Because when oh I was a my freshman. God. She was so good. Yeah. I told her she was like my favorite teacher there and she like got uncomfortable. But anyways. <laughs> Yo, no, 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 man. She she's on LinkedIn, man. She's on she's on LinkedIn. I actually reached out to her. Uh she is oh my god. So Ethan, please check out her LinkedIn profile. She is beyond I, I don't have words to adequately describe this woman's skill set i'm going to biomedical engineering she's a biomedical engineer too but i can only hope to accomplish ha- half of what she's done the the amount of schooling that she has all of her certifications being on all of these different stem leadership councils and being like essentially a ceo of her own women's health biomed company it is ridiculous like I knew Miss McLaughlin was, you know, smart, and I knew that she was doing a lot. But after I got out of high school and I actually looked yeah. into her profile when I got into college, dude, to drop this woman's name, I feel privileged. I am like not even overstating. It is crazy. I guarantee you, Claire McLaughlin will be like one of the first people that pop up if you search up her name. Interesting. Um, but aside. Yeah, but aside from that, actually, I'll I'll send you her profile okay. later because I want you to look at. It. I, I was still intimidated build by. My it. I was like, wow. Like, I, I thought I was. To... I will gladly help you build your LinkedIn, and I thought I had something good. I was like, oh, you know, I've I've got a decent LinkedIn profile. You know, I'm getting better. And I, uh, I guess Miss McLaughlin like found me, and she like reached out to friend me. I was like, oh, really? Like, sure. Let me check out your profile. And I looked at it. All that confidence I had, dude, just. Gone. Well, think of the age like, difference, no man, and think about how much more time she's had to, you know, produce projects and everything. You're you are so accomplished for someone so young, dude. Like, don't fucking beat yourself up. You are actually one of probably I take that back, the smartest person I know. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. You're dude. You have a flattering. you have a published don't, paper. I uh, science paper. I don't can, I can reference that if I had to like, write something about micro microtubules, I could fucking reference your paper or whatever the fuck it is. The, 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 I don't know. Yes. yes Microfluids. Yes. <laughs> I could I could reference your science paper and they would let me in a college environment. That's fucking sick, dude. <laughs> Thanks, man. Oh man. Um but getting 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 off topic. Um, back back to your whole whole thing. Uh, I'm glad you you liked Miss McLaughlin because. But yeah, her whole thing. Like as soon as I walked in the door, like I remember so vividly. Um, like the first day, it was she stated, "There are no stupid questions in my class. There are no dumb questions. In fact, I want you to make. I want you to ask questions, but more importantly, I want you to make mistakes." Because that is the only way any of you are going to learn and get better in this world. And I, I, dude, I wanted to cry when she said that. Because never before have I heard a teacher say that to a student. To, to say that they want you to make mistakes, that they want you to ask questions, creating that, that safe environment, that safe space. I have never been in a more 
comfortable environment than that class. Well, okay, maybe Dr. Gamble, but that's different. <laughs> but, like, like coming in as a, as a 13-year-old and hearing that and then being able to take that to my other classes, she boosted my confidence. Part of the reason why I am the way that I am and I'm just so blunt and I'll just ask something and I don't care if, I, if they ridicule me in class for it because I know that at least if I asked it, there are probably 10 other people that have the same question but were too scared to ask. She gave me that confidence, man. Like... I have taken that every step of the way and I cannot thank her enough for that. And that had such a profound impact on me, but she's also a very unique person. And I feel like that's, you know, one out of every 10, maybe not even every 10 people, but like to get that seems so rare now, you know? And it just, it breaks my heart. Cause I think that's honestly a, a big part of the reason why, especially younger people are just afraid to ask questions, man. They don't, they're we're either afraid of one of two things it's either fear of the unknown or it's fear of being rejected and half the reason why we end up talking to ourselves is because you know oh what's the worst we can happen i'm gonna rebuttal myself like oh boo hoo you know but anyway that's my ted talk for the day uh take I take think what it's with social it, media and lack of catering. yeah really absolutely. lack of soft skills and like communication is saw is a, that's a huge soft skills problem and i think social media breeds that people hiding behind you know screens and and not really having that social interaction i mean you i mean you can tell just by like the amount of friends an average person our age has now versus 20 years ago i mean you can just tell i mean, you have a conversation with someone your age uh versus a 40 year old and you can tell uh the soft skills difference I mean, granted, they had 20 years of practice more than me, but um, I just think that there's a lot of influence that we have uh, with these things we always use uh, to, you know, that dictate whether or not we ask a question, whether or not we try new things, uh, how we feel about looking a certain way, uh, watching the newest or coolest TV show, uh, you know, liking a video game. I mean, all these like negative reviews and press releases. I mean, everything influences your decision. So, but that's philosophical. <laughs> we don't have to get into that. I mean, this is this is the after. Show. This is our uh, our after the fact talk. You know, after uh, after the catch is that what they call it on Deadly's catch. After Never catch. This is uh. This is this is the is bringing the, up the, the anchor. Ca- is that right. fucking crab show with deadliest catch, or is that the tuna one? <laughs> one of the two. <laughs> Something like that. Oh my god! There, there's yeah. There's after the catch. Uh, talking. Oh, dead. talking dead. Yeah, uh, I, I know that one. After, I know that one. I love talking yeah. dead. That's all I know. <laughs> That's all I know. I know they, they recently did like some one for all of the, the TV shows on Netflix and they just did one for the latest season of Cobra Kai with the original actors. Um, but I don't know the, I don't know the name of it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I need to watch Cobra Kai. And I haven't watched you it yet. Watch it's on it? Netflix. I, just, I don't know. Dude. Dude, it's like, do I want to watch it... that or do I want to watch YouTube funny meme complications? Peaky Blinders. Peaky blinders, though. Hear me out. Um, not right now, dude. I got so much memes I gotta watch. <laughs> I gotta so watch what people from Wall Street Vets are making. 
okay, meme so lord legend seven nine five. I've been watching uh Germa nine eight five. My little brother, uh, shout out Lucas, um, uh, recommended him to me, and he is a fucking trip. He's an anti streamer. He's so funny. <laughs> I'm watching him play a fucking VR coin game in an arcade <laughs> for like an hour Jeez. today. <laughs> I mean, I don't really have anything else to say. I mean, as far as like stocks and everything, I really feel like I came across like a stock Chad and I feel bad for that. You, you weren't, you were, you did not do. I, I literally asked guided questions. You responded to the best of your ability. And I thought you were not even neutral. You were just, you were, you were trying to make sure that you were as understanding as possible. And I really appreciate that. And that's what I wanted for the podcast. That's what I okay. expected would happen. So I will say I didn't get to do the the stereotypical intro I normally do, which is where I play the Marvel. I mean, you can play song. it right now. Um, <laughs> I'll play it right now. All right. Yeah, yeah. If you guys are still listening, you get, you get our. Uh, you know, we ended Marvel this like outro. fifteen minutes ago. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but you know, I I, I gave them the option to keep listening. Mm-hmm. It's not like you know, they're just they're just gooning now, dude. Uh, maybe they love us serenading their ears. Oh, I'm not saying there ain't even any words. Oh, wait, that's right. You're a, a singer. singer. I should have brought that up. Yes, you are. You can mm-hmm. sing. You who, can totally who sing. Who said this? I've, I've, I've had. Oh, people... you've had people. You have people that tell you things, Thomas. Sure. <laughs> yeah, of course. I'm not, I'm not a singer. What do you dude. think I am? Nope. You're not a I'm singer. A gamer. Mm, I don't know. Gamer. Hey, you want a Dr. Pepper? A Dr. Pepper? Oh, I know why this is happening. I never changed my, uh, my, my, whatchamacallit volume. Uh, opened volume mixer. Okay, here we go. That was at zero. You want some ASMR go. for the, uh, <laughs> What are you doing? Shoving your <laughs> mic in a bottle? <laughs> Sounds like you're doing. Oh, the new episode of WandaVision. Came I haven't out even there, watched. I haven't podcast. even watched WandaVision. That's what I was forgetting. I heard it was bad. You're I'm gonna be honest. Out, I heard it was. You're bad. missing out. It's not. It's not. I do. I, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. I feel like you're saying it because you're a Marvel fan. Like there are Marvel movies I can attest to not being as good as the Lived Up Hype. But I think people. So I think the only reason people it's would black not and like white, Wandavision. Right? Okay. It starts off that way. It does not stay that way. I think people were literally expecting some type of direct aftermath of in uh, of Endgame, where it's just Wanda and Vision like fighting. Good. Like I think I feel like they were expecting. Um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but Wanda and Vision. And from, like, that's not what it is. Even as they were releasing trailers, like, it, like Marvel publicly announced multiple times, this is not what you're going to be expecting. It's going to be different. But if you keep an open mind, I, we genuinely believe that you will like it. And it's true. Marvel has never, never done anything like this. It is such a pivotal point in Marvel cinema, I think. Because not only is it tying into the new phase, 
it's please don't. I'm not going to spoil anything, but it, it's bringing up a, a very important storyline and some very oh, yeah? important concepts. Um, when you start watching it, it's 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 nothing normal. You have to piece certain things together. So it's not like you get to just watch it and be like, okay, I'll take this at face value. No, you're you're not gonna begin to fully understand what's going on until this fourth episode. A little bit in three. Three really, really wraps some stuff up. One and two are just like really kind of freaky, and it's like, what the hell is going on? This is actually really weird, and I'm catching these things. But once you get to four, that's when it's going to be like, oh, shit, this is what's happening? How is it happening? And it's not a coincidence that they also said WandaVision directly ties into Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. So, yeah, that's all I have to say on that. And I'll, I will wait for you to yeah. catch up before I say more because I, I really do yet. want to talk I about it. I haven't watched any of that. Um, has Loki started yet? Or any of the other shows? Oh, no, 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 no. So we're... Uh, Falcon and Winter okay, Soldier. Okay, that's the March. next one. Okay. Yes, which I, I am very... I'm not going to lie. I, I may like WandaVision more than Winter Soldier, but I doubt it. Just because I'm a Winter Soldier fanboy. And I love Sebastian Stan. That man is a man. <laughs> like, a boy. like... Ryan Reynolds is a man too. Don't get me wrong. I will attest to that. That means a ten out of ten. But but Sebastian Stan, means a mm. tell you what. Anyway, <laughs> hey man, you know, live your truth. I I will live my truth. Uh, but Haley Atwell, now that right there, she is my dream Marvel woman. I'll tell you what, <laughs> Haley Atwell is a goddess. She is a ten out of ten inside and out. I got a girlfriend. No comment. So. No comment. I mean, I have one no too, comment. but she knows I love Marvel, so this, <clears throat> that's that's my uh... shadow candy. Oh, why you gonna you gonna bring out your age old question to the what? audience? What? Which question? <laughs> which don't question? even don't play that game with me. Don't even. <laughs> I got so <laughs> many, dude. Which one? Oh, All right, God. ladies and okay. gentlemen, good oh, night. I'll I'll end it here. Okay, we're at the fifty minute mark. All right, All right. I'll see I'll you in a second. Do I just leave the recording? <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah, go ahead. All right.